Hi, I'm Sarah Wilmore and welcome to my Women's Golf Podcast. In each episode, I will be interviewing a different woman from the golf industry, delving into their careers. I will explore how women have broken down barriers and reveal the untold stories of our sport. So today's guest is English PGA golf professional, Sarah Smith. Sarah has just begun her ninth year as a coach, providing lessons to individuals, groups and juniors at Saffron Walden Golf Club in Essex. She also regularly competes in WPGA events and last year got to tear up with some of the country's best, including Georgia Hall in the Rose Lady Series. So golf returned this week. How have you found being back? Uh, it's been great being back at work. I've really enjoyed it. Um, definitely the biggest thing for me is kind of seeing people again. So during lockdown, I live with my mum and then half of my partners. So kind of split half and half. And um, although that's great, don't get me wrong, it's just nice to have different people to talk to every single day. So going back to work, it has been busy. It has been tiring. Like after week one, I'm shattered and having early nights. But at the same time, it's, yeah, it's been brilliant seeing people, nice to catch up. And the lesson diary is like really busy. So kind of had people coming in um, before we were able to open and booking lessons in for like this week and next week. And then you get those who have kind of played like a, a couple of rounds back, let's say, and then come in and be like, oh, can you fit me in in the next couple of days? And I'm like, unless I do 12 hour days, it, it's massively busy kind of thing. But oh, don't no. get me wrong. It's not a bad thing. Um, but it, it's really nice being back at work and just seeing everyone. And um, even for like my own game, okay, I've, I've hit balls in the back garden, but it's never quite the same as being out on the golf course and kind of seeing all the changes, what they've done as well during lockdown. It, it's been brilliant. So, yeah. So have you had much chance to play yourself then? Um, I've had a practice on the range this week and I also played nine holes uh, last night. So that was good. It was... Yeah, nice to be back. I mentioned kind of the, we had some changes done to the course during lockdown. So they've done a whole load of bunker renovations. Um, those changes, okay, you see them on the photos and whatnot, what you get sent and put on social media, but it, it's never quite the same when you're there. And um, our sixth hole is a par five. So it, go, it goes up and over a hill sort of thing. You get, you hit your drive and if you're good drive, you get just over the hill. Um, but if you if you're okay and average, you're kind of on top of the hill and you stand on top of the hill and look down and the bunkers, what they've changed, it was kind of like just three in a parallel line. And then there's one short left, but they've now taken the one out short left and they've moved the three in a little bit more of like a diagonal line across. So your next shot on is kind of like you've either got to go for the green and you've got maybe like a 220 yard shot, which might be a fairway wood if you can get it there or maybe a bit backwind. Um, or you're kind of like laying up with your six iron and then that leads you like a wedge or a nine iron in. But the view, what you get standing on top of the slope and to be fair, like Thursday was really nice weather and a great day. It, it was beautiful kind of looking down on it and seeing the changes that they've made. So yeah, it, it's great being back. The first few holes are definitely very rusty I think um, we're all in the same boat on that one uh, kind of one to four I think it were a few bogeys and pars in there and then kind of finished I think it was like with two birdies so finished on a bit of a high which was nice um, and yeah definitely looking forward to my next round really which is next week so it's good. Yeah, well, I think everyone's definitely been a bit rusty I mean 
I was hitting all sorts of shots on Tuesday when I first played that I couldn't even conceive of hitting normally. So <laughs> definitely yeah. getting through that pain barrier. Definitely. Um, we had uh, a member Stapleford on on Thursday and I think there was one guy who shot like 39 points and I was like, how on earth did you do this? Like with three months off golf, it's mad. Um, and then you saw sort of the rest of the scores and if you're in the high uh 20s you're doing quite well sort of thing I've been seeing all sorts of things on social media that someone shot a course record of like six under par someone else finally got 59 and they've been a member of their golf club for more than 40 years and everyone just seems to be having these really sort of crazy rounds it's mad isn't it um when we were in our sort of lockdown last year this was we had six hole-in-ones in the space of the first week back. It was what? mad. <laughs> like, it was funny. The, even like the local newspaper was like, we're going to do an article on this. Like this never happened. So it was great. <laughs> That's insane. No hole-in-ones yet though. <laughs> yeah, they've got off lucky. The bars weren't open then. <laughs> of course. So I've actually noticed that Quite a few of the golf courses near where I live have been quieter since the first lockdown. Like when they reopened after the first lockdown, it was really busy and there seems to be a lot of spaces. Do you have any idea why that might be? It's hard to say, really. Um, I mean, to be fair, like our when we originally opened, like the first couple of days, we were going to restrict or we did restrict members to say in two rounds a week, just so kind of everyone had a fair chance of getting golf rounds booked in and that. I think maybe kind of comparing it to the last lockdown where you could only have, say, two balls, and this lockdown we come out and you can actually have four balls back straight away, perhaps we can have more room on the golf course for more people um, to play. So maybe it seems quieter that way, but actually there's probably still the same amount of people like going out every time. Um, I mean... We're lucky we changed the whole sort of restrictions from two balls straight up to you can play um, as much as you want in your four balls um, within, I think, about four days kind of thing of getting back. So we took that off straight away as soon as we knew there were sort of spaces on the tee booking sheet. Potentially weather, that's got something to do with it. I guess uh, we came out kind of that first lockdown, was it summertime roughly? Yeah, um, I think it was middle of May. Yeah, the, the weather was a lot warmer, it's a lot hotter. And okay, we've had what two days back and it's been brilliant. I think I got my shorts out on Tuesday. Um, but then today, like I'm on the range and I'm wearing eight layers again. It's mad how much it's changed, kind of thing. So yeah, hopefully like everything will still pick up and, and things will keep continue to be busy. So yeah, hopefully. There seems to be a huge desire for golf. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, we were very lucky. I think like golf being one of the first sports back, a lot of, I mean, I don't know if it's the same Euro, but we've had a lot of beginner golfers come through just because their sports um, they can't do at the moment. So they, they're now wanting to take up something what they can do. And yeah, we're very lucky that golf is one of those sports. Yeah, definitely. So you were talking about your own golf a few minutes ago. When did you start playing? Um, I started playing golf basically as soon as I was walking, I think. Um, obviously, I don't remember this, um, but 
like I've got pictures of me as kind of a three, four year old with the little plastic golf clubs in the back garden. Um, my dad plays, so he got me into it. Mum doesn't play. She's had a little bit of a go um, here and there, pitched and part, crazy golf, that kind of thing. She loves to caddy, doesn't do any yardages or anything like that, but pushes the trolley or does the electric trolley, I should say, um, and good company at the same time. I think like when I started, obviously I don't remember being three, four years old and swinging a plastic club around the, around the garden. The first kind of uh, memories of what I've got playing golf is I joined Newmarket Golf Club when I was about six years old. Um, I was one of the youngest members to join there. And then from there, I kind of remember doing junior lessons on a Saturday morning, um, always running to go pick the balls up afterwards and hit them to the umbrella and things like that. Um, after kind of that junior golf stage, I did a bit for the county girls then played for the county ladies, a few kind of the um, the English matches as such. And then it was one of them where I did apply to go to uni and I wanted to keep on the sport and fitness side at uni. Um, but I think it was about six weeks before I actually like started uni um, at Anglia Ruskin in Cambridge. I was like, why am I kind of like putting all this year's worth of golf to the side? Like, why, why aren't I kind of going forwards with it? So then I was like, okay, I'm going to turn pro and do the PGA degree. And that's kind of like my background of golf, I guess, working that way. <laughs> so was it always the intention then when you turned pro to become a teaching pro or did you have any interest in going full-time playing? Uh, good question. So I absolutely love teaching. I, I've definitely got a passion for that kind of teaching side of things. I I do enjoy playing still, like it is great. Um, with turning pro I guess it gives you that opportunity to either go down kind of the teaching side go down the playing side or continue a little bit of both which is kind of where I am at the moment I guess so during this the main season on a, on a normal year let's call it it could be kind of three events a month WPGA events um, a few proms here and there as well whereas I guess if you're playing full-time most of the time you're probably like going abroad for kind of weeks on end traveling to different countries and for me I'm I'm very happy coaching and I I love it when when you see someone happy like when they gain something out of that lesson and I mean it doesn't even have to be a handicap cup for me it can be someone's come in and they go oh yeah I, I hold a I hold a decent length putt after my putting lesson the other day it, it's just that kind of job satisfaction in that sort of sense um I still try and keep the playing side up, but I love playing with the members. They're always competitive, <laughs> very competitive. Um, but kind of, yeah, I've got a nice balance of both at the moment, which I love. <laughs> That's good. So when you were growing up then, did you have many other girls that you could play golf with? Um, at Newmarket, I was definitely kind of the only girl junior, sort of my age, let's call it, go, growing up and going through. the. County girls was brilliant. I think there was about kind of 10 of us all together from different golf clubs across Cambridge. Um, and then most of us carried on because we were very similar age onto the county ladies. So kind of as a, a, a young person, definitely not. There weren't many girls and turning up to a junior open, you were usually kind of like one of three, one of two. And sometimes I was a girl's prize. So that, that was lucky on that kind of half. Um, but yeah, kind of going into that county girls and then 
county ladies it was great to meet other ladies who were similar to you I joined uh, Gog Magog as a result when I was about I think 16 to 18 years old just because about three of the county girls um, were members there as well so I joined that as my second club as well as Newmarket being my first so I could go after school and have a game with them. Oh that's good and yeah Gog Magog I think even now still has quite a few good young female players. Definitely it's I think being on the outskirts of Cambridge is probably quite a nice golf club to like grow up at. Uh, choice of two golf courses as well. I've always kind of, if I've got a, a couple hours sort of free after work, head over to Gogs and they're very happy to kind of um, let me go out and play nine holes, which is great at them. That's great. So what was the attitude like then to yourself and the other girls when you were playing? Was it quite encouraging or did you experience any sort of negative comments at all? Um, I think the the whole team thing it is very encouraging and like even turning up like I say like junior opens and say there were two or three of us there we usually got paired as a group of girls and yeah we were very like right come on if someone's doing having a bad hole or whatnot come on let's make a par on this hole so it was very encouraging I think at the end of the day everyone's got their competitive edge still but you never really showed it towards people I think like these days you do play tournaments like WPGA stuff and you can get quite like that competitive edge and turning pro was definitely like it's very serious rather than just a game of golf and having fun. You you get your fun side too, don't get me wrong, you have like your laughs and that, but you can tell some of the girls in particular take it very, very seriously. <laughs> but what about the members at your golf club? Were they generally quite encouraging? yeah I'd say so um very I guess lucky being a girl because you sort of stand out that little bit in the golf world um but they were very encouraging and even like the say the older lady members who kind of they use buddy systems and whatnot to take you around for the first few times or to gain your handicap um yeah they were very encouraging and always wanted you to do well and try and get you to enter competitions and things like that with them and how often did you come across female coaches? When I was growing up, um, Emma Prentice, who was at Gogs, um, she was probably one of the only female coaches who I knew of in the area. And then I guess like turning pro, obviously you meet other female coaches, but kind of within the area, there's I think Sarah Bennett at Three Rivers Golf Club and Suzanne Dickens at Thorpe Wood. And they're kind of my closest, I'd say. So was there a point then when you decided that you wanted to turn pro? I mean, you were saying that you decided you didn't want to go to university, but was there a sort of turning point where you said, I definitely want to teach that's the route that I want to go down I think um yeah when I was at that stage it was going to be sport and fitness kind of one of the other sort of background options I guess was like a PE teacher as well so I've kind of always liked the idea of teaching I had done my work experience in um, primary schools so I kind of got the experience doing a little bit of teaching there I'd also done like some tri-golf volunteering as well, like for the Golf Foundation. Um, so, yeah, that kind of dabbled into it, I guess. That's how it all started. And then when you do like your PGA, they give you so many options, what you can go into, like doing the training degree. It doesn't have to be coaching. Like you 
you could go into club fitting or um, the business side of things. But going through your PJ, you kind of learn a little bit about lots of subjects within the golfing world. And I guess that's more where you kind of choose the path what you're going down as such. So did you ever consider doing anything else, like going into management or anything? Um, the management side probably isn't for me. Like everyone's like, why don't you be a head pro somewhere? And I'm like, well, you kind of got to run a business in the shop. And I'm very happy being like a coach. I, we, there's four of us at our golf club, the head pro, myself and two others, um, one being a trainee. But I'm probably, I mean, the head pro, he does teach. Um, he does quite a little quite a bit of teaching but he mainly runs the shop side of things and then plays a lot with the members I'm probably one of the busiest kind of coaching professionals there and then have the side of playing as well and still keeping that competitive edge to things so yeah like I I really enjoy the coaching side what can I say (laughs) so have you had a chance to think then about what some of your long-term aims as a coach might be Definitely thinking about it. Um, Try to kind of start things last year, but then with COVID and everything, it was all a little bit different. My my goal is what I'd like to do is become a head coach somewhere, whether that is still at Suffern Walden. I, I love the golf club. It's brilliant. The members are lovely. I've, we've got a great team to work with and the facilities are good. So that would be definitely kind of on the cards. I like to think I've been there for five years now. So yeah, going well there, which is good. Um, with the coaching side of things, if it was a title of a head coach, brilliant. And then I guess kind of going forward with the coaching, I'd like to become like a specialist coach in a subject area. Um, personally, I really enjoy kind of teaching chipping, pitching, that sort of thing. So the short game side of things. And I'd also love to kind of teach the county girls and the county ladies. So that's kind of like a, a long term goal for me, as you put it. But definitely that's something what I'd absolutely love to do. And I think growing up myself and kind of going through the motions and then turning pro and I teach um, all the girl juniors at my golf club anyway. So kind of like being a bit of a role model for them nearly is like what I kind of see myself as. Yeah, you're able to relate to people, aren't you? If you've been through that experience yourself. Yeah, it's great. So you mentioned earlier the female coaches near where you live and it sounds like the number of women that are going into the industry is growing but it's still quite a close-knit group. What is it like to be a woman in the coaching industry? I'm very proud of my job so yeah can't complain. It's nice because you do get a lot of female golfers from other golf clubs which may not have a female professional there And I don't really know kind of the reasons why the ins and outs, but I find kind of quite a lot of ladies actually like being taught by a lady. So I do quite a lot of kind of outside lessons, I'd call them, who who come along to Saffron Walden and, yeah, um, teach them as well. So it's very, absolutely proud of my job. It's brilliant to kind of be in the industry and, and definitely kind of go in from, say, year one being a professional up to where I am now year one being a professional you you didn't really know anyone and um it's always making friends with like the guy pros around the area who don't get me wrong they're really nice but it's always nice having that kind of a little bit of a close-knit relationship with some female pros as well is it quite daunting then when you first turn pro yeah definitely I think 
I remember year one of the residential kind of day one you turn up and you're kind of like standing in the corner looking out for another girl just to kind of like buddy up with a search and there's about I don't know 50 guys around you and you might know some but it's always nice just to have that little bit of female company you know they're in the same boat you know they're probably a little bit nervous as well and probably a bit shy to start off with but yeah it's nice getting to know people in that sort of sense I think I can turn it sorry turn it up to a tournament is always a bit daunting especially when it's like a a program with guys I I do remember one in particular which is it's so funny like for me telling the story now but I turned up when my mum was caddying for me it was at a a program locally we turned up in the golf club car park getting sort of the trolley out the bag out the car and everything and one of the I think it's just a marshal kind of thing or the guy who saw you off he walked over and he was like I'm really sorry ladies but there's a tournament on today <laughs> and I, I just looked at my mom and we like burst out laughing because I'm like a really relaxed and sort of friendly person and I know it could have gone completely the opposite way for someone else perhaps but we just turned around and I was like yeah I'm one of the pros playing in it and he kind of like went oh crap sort of thing <laughs> Oh, wow. but, um, <laughs> me and my mom were like just standing there sort of laughing and, and couldn't get over it and he sort of was like oh god I'm really really sorry and sort of just walked off very sheepishly and and then we saw him on the first tee when he started me off <laughs> I hope you hit a lovely straight drive <laughs> I think it was pretty good first hole part three onto the green says so okay that showed him <laughs> definitely I I love telling that story because it's always like yeah kind of the female turning up to a a mixed tournament but you are sort of the only woman there usually so (laughs) I bet he doesn't tell anyone that story no I don't think he does either (laughs) oh wow how that's yeah that's tragic I mean that could have really gone that was a laugh or cry moment I mean was there any part of you that just felt really quite frustrated (laughs) To be honest, no, not really. I think because it sort of was a bit like, did you really just ask that question? Like, it was one of them, for me, it's just a silly question kind of thing. And I do realise for someone else who's perhaps got a different personality and things like that, they probably could have taken it very much the wrong way. But um, yeah, just laugh it off and you you just get on with things. (laughs) Yeah, well, I can definitely relate to being sort of the only woman in that room looking for other girls because I mean I'm doing a master's in sports journalism and all the guys on my course are absolutely lovely they make you so welcome and they always chat to you and they're really nice they're like brothers to me but yeah there's only five girls out of 30 on the course we do all have our own group chat and we're always (laughs) chatting to each other and it is quite nice I think you girls will always stick together, won't they? <laughs> it's one of them. Like the boys are usually really nice to you and everything, but you'll never have a relationship like you do just like with your friends. <laughs> yeah, you need to be able to talk about Bridget James sometimes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so you've also got alongside your coaching degree you've got a level three qualification in sports nutrition how did that qualification come about to be completely honest I did that probably I reckon year sort of year four of being a professional so done the PGA degree kind of got all that over and done with went into year four and um 
yeah, I think I was coaching then at, I think it was Kingsway Golf Centre at Melbourne. And it was one of those where because you're so used to doing coursework or exams or, or something like that, like in the spare time in the evenings, I was just like, I kind of don't know what to do in the evenings now because there's nothing like you've finished your degree, you've got it. So I've always kind of, like I said, had a bit of a background or interest in kind of the sport and fitness side of things. So I was like, I'll have a look at like what extra courses I could do. And yeah, the sport nutrition one kind of stood out for me. And I think it was an online one, one of these sort of open university courses. And um, yeah, finished it, I think within about sort of nine months, roughly. I don't use it too much now. We've done a couple of kind of ladies get togethers at work where they have um, kind of cheese and biscuits and wine evenings and get togethers and and then did a couple of presentations with it, just showing kind of, I think one of the things what I remember is actually making like a recipe for kind of a homemade flapjack, but it was supposed to be kind of a healthy OT uh, bar, what you could take out on the golf course. So that's that's kind of how I've used it. I haven't used it too much, to be honest. <laughs> so what should people be eating on the golf course then? <laughs> um, it's always a good question because every pro shop sells Mars bars, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um there's a lot of protein bars out which are great like for your kind of long-term energy you want stuff what's gonna last kind of that four hours because I guess at the end of the day not many people realize like your chocolate bar is great but we all all know it's full of sugar it's going to be one of those sort of short-term energy things that will give you a bit of a buzz for a hold and then probably by the next couple of holes you're going to be kind of down in the dumps again as such like energy wise so for me, I always try and recommend, obviously, bananas are a great sort of source of energy. You've got like fruit and nuts, dried fruit and nuts. If you can take some sort of like maybe tuna mayo sandwich out there with you. I think a lot of people don't realise you're out on the golf course for so long. Like Even if you start at, say, 10 o'clock, you, you're covering your lunchtime out there. So you do need that some sort of like lunch. Um, and like before you go out, maybe have a breakfast of say scrambled egg and then when you come back in have some sort of like jack of potato with cheese something quite filling kind of thing but yeah I think a lot of people go out with I don't know three chocolate bars out the fridge from work and then they say oh I got tired on the back half and you're like hmm, I wonder why <laughs> <laughs> so um you mentioned there that health and fitness is a big part of golf and you've also done some sessions with the ladies golf's been particularly heralded over the past year for its health benefits both physically and mentally as well do you think this increasing link between golf and health and fitness makes it more appealing for women to get into the sport yeah definitely I'd, I'd agree with that 100 percent um I think a lot of women kind of back well when i sort of was growing up they see it as a men's sport and and that's just being completely honest kind of thing it, it's always our, our men play golf and the, the wives stay at home and whatnot I think that's how we've all grown up um thinking about golf but um going forward I think there's so much stuff out there like social media wise now where you can see I don't know how many calories you burn around a, around a golf course or even like a half hour session on the range you're still kind of there and you're hitting a thousand balls so it, it's quite a lot of like energy used and um I think women probably like the social side of it more which is great for like your, your mental well-being so 
Um, we run get into golf classes over sort of seven week programs. Um, most of the sort of hours spent is women just chatting to each other about everyday life. Um, but definitely that that sort of health and fitness, mental well-being side of it, the, the physical um, targets, the physical sort of goals of golf is absolutely brilliant. It's the muscular toning that it does as well. I mean, on Tuesday, I played my first round back. And by the time I was walking down the 18th, my hamstrings were just <laughs> in agony. And it wasn't because I hadn't been walking. It was the bending up and down. It was the hitting of the golf club. And you don't realise, I think when you have that three months off, you suddenly realise how much you actually use your muscles in your golf swing. Definitely. I think there's a few different muscle groups used as well. Um, I know I was the same as you, like after my rounds Thursday, Friday, kind of walking, our range is like slightly up a hill. By the time I got to the top of the hill, I was like, oh my God, my legs ache from sort of last night's rounds. <laughs> yeah. So what would your advice be to women and girls thinking of taking up golf? Um? 100% have a go. I think most golf clubs definitely run some sort of get into golf program whether it's a mixed group whether it's a, a women only group um go to your local golf club pick up a golf club head to the range hit a few balls try and get a lesson it, it's always a great as a beginner just to try and get kind of like your first maybe three or four sessions at the range with a pro or, or someone who can sort of tell you what to do as such I know uh, husbands partners love joining in on the lessons but actually like probably sort of distance yourself from them and just go have a half hour with someone um it's always a little bit nerve-wracking to start off with and, and don't get me wrong I've seen loads of women who are just starting out and they are nervous when they come to you but we're all lovely we like to have a good chat as well it's not like a, a massively seriously thing whereas if you get it wrong we're going to tell you off like I think as a professional, we've all seen horrible shots. We've all seen bad shots and, and we hit them as well. Like it's it's very normal sort of thing. I know when I played on Thursday, not hitting a golf ball for three months, I think my first three drives didn't really get that high off the ground, to be honest. And then, <laughs> yeah, you, you just get back into it. So, yeah, try and um, for any women and girls who are out there playing golf, go to your local pro shop and just just ask about lessons or any programs, what they're running. And just, yeah, have a go. That's the main thing. And by all means, they'll, they'll be a bit of a bug, I'm sure. The people who have a go and catch a bug is way higher than people who have a go and never come back to it. <laughs> well, it's very competitive, but it's also very social, isn't it? I mean, I love chatting to people and you certainly get the chance to do that when you're on the golf course yeah you spend four hours with someone you're going to talk about whether it's you, your argument in the morning with your partner or who's doing the washing up in the evening or what tv programs are on tv or netflix throughout lockdown for me so yeah <laughs> so you also last year you played in the raise ladies series and it's just been announced that that's coming back this year how do you feel about the announcement? Oh, it's so exciting. Um, I saw it last night. I think it was on Twitter to start off with. And then everyone starts kind of reposting after that. So you see it everywhere. But it's absolutely fantastic. Like to to for me to play in the Rose series last year, I'm yeah, incredibly grateful for kind of the opportunity. And professionals, I always kind of like 
rank it by level, I guess. But you've got WPJ, you've got your access series, you've got like your main tour events. But for any lady professional from any of those three tours, all to be given a chance to play in the same event is, yeah, amazing. And although you might not be as good as those who are playing on tour, which is, yeah, completely fair because you've chosen kind of your path, what you're going down, it's like fantastic opportunity just to say, like for me, I've been on the putting green with Georgia Hall kind of thing. And, and she's the person who, I don't know, in a couple of months, you could just be watching, walk, like walking around the golf course, watching them. And yet you've been given this opportunity to kind of play in the same tournament as them is, is crazy, but it's so good. So I've definitely kind of chosen, I think about three or four of the Rose Series like events for um, this coming year, what I've, I'd like to enter and hopefully, fingers crossed, get a spot for them. Yeah, I hopefully you will. And hopefully you can be on the putting green with Georgia Hall again. <laughs> Very exciting. You don't know whether to stand there taking a selfie with her, like in the background, or to like, right, come on, we should be practicing right now. <laughs> I've heard she's really friendly though, so I'm sure if you went up to her, she'd be more than happy to take a selfie. I might have to try for this year. <laughs> Maybe before she goes out there in case she has a bad round. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> Mind you, it is Georgia Hall, so I doubt she has very many bad rounds. No, me neither. She did well last year. <laughs> she did. So last year there was some criticism that the events were too focused in the south of England, and they've added a lot more events this year. We've got Hillside, Royal Birkdale, and Scots Craig in Scotland. What do you think of the venues announced, and will you be travelling to play in the ones further from home? Um, it's great that they've made sort of more venues to the schedule. It's brilliant. I realised kind of this year with kind of COVID and everything, um, WPJ events, I think we've only got kind of seven events on the calendar roughly. So to have like extra ones with the possibility of playing is brilliant. And um, the ones I've sort of thought about entering so far, I think it was Woburn, um, as it's kind of local to me and I, I love the courses there and then Brockenhurst Manor because that was the first event last year which I didn't play in but again all the kind of reviews from the girls who played there they said it's a great course so try and get your name down for that one so that's one of them I've gone for um, which others the Birkdale and Hillside they're within I think they're within two days of each other on the calendar and I think they're kind of like next door to each other location-wise as well. So I have kind of put them in the schedule, but whether I'll get in them because they are such fantastic golf courses, um, I don't know. But they, I am willing to kind of travel that kind of three hours idea. Scotland one, probably not. It's kind of like too many days off teaching for me. I guess you want to spend like, I don't know, three, four days up there, really including the practice rounds and traveling. So probably a little bit too far for that one, but yeah, some of the ones maybe within kind of like your three-hour limit, it's okay to go kind of the day before, have a, a few holes, nine holes, if you can get 18 and brilliant, and then stay over, play and travel back to work. <laughs> we used to have a great few days at Birkdale and Hillside. I mean, they're two incredible golf courses. It would be amazing to get in those. I've had so many offers of caddies already. They're like, if you get in, I'm caddying. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're like 10th on the list now. <laughs> what about the trusty mum with the electric trolley? I know. I'm going to have to let her down nicely. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be more than happy to 
I'm really hoping they let spectators this year. I mean, I realise it it must be tough, like with COVID rules and regulations and everything. I know, I think on on the sheet, they have let caddies in this year. So just fingers crossed they let spectators in because I I think a lot of kind of amateur golfers who have commented on things and from my point of view, the the guys at the golf club with maybe a a daughter, they all want to come and watch. So so hopefully they do. Yeah, I think unfortunately so far there was an announcement to say that they're not allowing spectators, but you never know improvements it could potentially maybe later on in the year (laughs) yeah maybe hopefully hopefully the year after if not this year definitely fingers crossed (laughs) and there's also been an increase in prize money for the winner from five thousand to ten thousand pounds um with twenty thousand on offer at the grand final how important is that increase in prize money for the women that are playing um I think the girls who play on the main tour, say who are entering, definitely important. Um, it's great that they've increased it. It gives them a bit more to play for, I guess, over the last kind of, well, I call it 18 months now with COVID happening and this sort of pandemic, they probably haven't been able to play and, and earn the money from playing. So yeah, for those girls who are kind of on the on the main tour who can't travel at the moment abroad, it, it's amazing for them to have a bit more prize money to play for. I mean, personally, for me, it's brilliant that it's been increased, don't get me wrong. And obviously I will try my hardest and to shoot a good score and still preparation and whatnot. Um, but for me, it's more of that sort of opportunity to play in such a prestigious event and, and sort of have your name out there in that sort of sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, and getting that competitive golf as well when so many tournaments yeah. have been cancelled. Definitely. It would just be nice to kind of play competitively, have a scorecard in your hand again, um, see your friends who you haven't seen for ages and yeah, have a good catch up alongside kind of trying to shoot that good score what you're after. <laughs> well, it's also been an incredible week this week for women's golf, both amateur and professional with the Augusta National Women's Amateur and the ANA Inspiration, which your hero Georgia Hall is playing in um what do you think of the events being held simultaneously um yeah I think it's a great idea I guess at the end of the day it's more more golf what has been put out there more ladies golf what has been put out there kind of obviously you get the men's golf which is a lot on tv and it would be great for more women's golf to be on tv that's probably my kind of little pet hate I guess you could call it that that ladies golf doesn't get shown on tv that much um it would be great for kind of more yeah more women's golf to be just put out there so I guess having the two events running side by side is brilliant because then you've got more kind of social media posting about women's golf in general and, and hopefully that kind of gets yeah more females into the game do you think though that they can almost take viewers away from each other because in 2019, the ANA lost 56% of viewers compared to the previous year. So do you think that perhaps it can have a negative effect if you have two events running at the same time, if there's room in the calendar to spread them out? Yeah, um, to be honest, I never thought about it like that until you've just said, but I can I can definitely see your point with that one. I think, um, I know, like, 
just going back to kind of PGA and WPGA wise, there was a there's a pro am at Thorpe Ness Golf Club, which has been in the calendar say for a good month. But sadly, one of the Rose Series events is on exactly the same day as this pro am. Um, so I guess those who are kind of entered or were thinking about the pro-am, which I've I've entered the pro-am because it's only kind of an hour and a half for me and one of my favourite courses is junior, but that would mean I couldn't play in the Rose Series events that day. So I realise it's hard getting a schedule together, but it'd be nice kind of, you've got 365 days in the year kind of thing, just have a look at other dates perhaps and, and spread them out. Yeah, it is exciting though to watch the girls play at Augusta the week before the men tier yeah <laughs> yeah that would be amazing to play there <laughs> have you got any picks for the masters oh um well I would have liked Tiger Woods but um, I don't, don't think he'll be playing this year no. sadly uh hopefully Rory might do something he's kind of like another another favorite of mine so yeah <laughs> I have a bit of a soft spot for Jordan Spieth, so I'm getting quite excited about his potential uh, comeback. Yeah, that's definitely a good shout as well. I might have to ask the members what they think. They always like a good bet on the Masters, so I'll, I'll try and get some good tips for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got to ask you the classic question then. Who would be your absolute dream for ball? <laughs> I love this question. I, I'm the one usually asking it to other people. <laughs> um, I'd love Georgia Hall would be definitely be one. Um, kind of, oh God, there's so many to choose from. It's really hard. Luke Donald, just um, when I was growing up as a junior, I kind of always remember walking around watching him at like Wentworth BMW Championship. I don't know a four. That's really tough. There's plenty to choose from. Perhaps like Charlie Hull. That would be quite a good football, I think. Yeah. And you could definitely... Or maybe... I was going to say, maybe even like um, one of the celebrities who are like getting into golf. You know, I think recently with the four ladies, like Fleuries, that that looks amazing yeah. sort of thing. That would be quite cool to have, even if it wasn't a... Um, a professional golfer let's call it even someone like her in your four ball that would be amazing I know that sounds so exciting I love it when you can watch on tv people that never really played golf before actually try the sport and it's just so much fun like I watched um Rob and Romesh they went to St Andrews um for their series on tv and Romesh had never been on a golf course before and the first course he was playing was St Andrews. And it was just crazy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And like, uh, is it Niall from One Direction? Yeah, he's yeah. getting pretty good. So I've seen a few videos of him lately and actually he's, he's not bad. I think one of my goals, bucket list-wise, is to go watch the Celebrity Pro-Am that went with before the, before the events. So that's one of my goals, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you definitely should. I, I mean, I only live just down the road from Wentworth, and so I should definitely be going to watch that. <laughs> we'll have to do it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so who would you like to see on the podcast next? Oh, on the podcast next. I mean, I don't know how good your contacts are, but Georgia Hall would be amazing to get on there. If not, um, I don't know if you've sort of spoken to her already, but Lily May Humphreys. She um, was on the last episode, actually. Was she? I need to catch up with that one, definitely. But um, she's an amazing young golfer. When I 
worked at Top Golf at Chigwell for a year. Um, Richard Smith, who was one of the other professionals there, he teaches Lily. So I kind of got to know her quite well and, and we keep in contact as well. But she's doing amazing. Really, really yeah. good. <laughs> well, she would have done her practice round at Augusta yesterday. That's it. <laughs> so yeah. very exciting. Good luck to her. <laughs> yeah, I think she's going to have an incredible career as a golfer. Definitely. <laughs> Oh, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been incredible to talk to you about your coaching. It's been a lot of fun chatting to you. No problem. So thank you for having me and uh, hopefully see you at Wolperston Scratch Foursomes again this year. (laughs) Yeah, in September. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it will be good. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It was so much fun to chat with Sarah. We briefly met for the first time at the Warpleston Open Mixed Foursomes last year, so it was lovely to get to know Sarah today. It's also not the first time someone's recommended I interview Georgia Hall, so I shall certainly be tracking her down for an interview. And as usual, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate the podcast and give it a five-star review. Keep listening for new episodes of the Women's Golf Podcast every other Monday with me. Sarah Wilmore.